Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Hey, Mr. Brosley, what's going on, man? What's up, dude? I just put on my blue blockers because I got a little bit of a headache. Oh, dear. I've heard that the color blue is very bad. Dude, I... So... It's something. It's something about these, especially now that I've been using them for work a whole lot. Um, when I, I, I notice whenever I'm I, when I take them off, and I try to like look at a computer screen for a, a while or look at my phone, I get a headache really bad. Really, yeah. So, uh, they do wonders. I, I do yeah. want some um, some different colors and different styles and stuff like that. Hmm. But uh, if you're thinking about getting blue blocking uh, sunglasses or glasses. Go for it. Right. Um, and I've always wanted a reason for to have glasses because I've always thought that I would look cooler with glasses. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'd go to the to the eye doctor and I was like, oh, please tell me my vision's going out. And then you right, yeah. Please. Yeah. you got perfect vision. And I'm like, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. Whatever. You don't know nothing. Yeah. You don't know anything. What's that, a PhD? What does that mean? <laughs> right. Poophead? <laughs> a, a uh, degree, right? Yeah, yeah. but uh, but I'm supposed I'm 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 telling you I'm I'm supposed to wear glasses, but I don't, you know, because this mask is like oh. there. Oh, you, you can't you can't like if you have glasses on and breathe with a mask, your glasses will fog yeah. up to no end. That's and I have true. a walker, I can't see and walk at the same time, so it's, Ooh, it's yeah. That's it's hard for me to walk and talk sometimes. I can't be I can barely do that, you know? So yeah. it's it's Allie, hard, man. Allie like hates she hates well, she had LASIK eye surgery done because she hates her glasses so much. I think she looks cute in her glasses. But she had LASIK eye surgery done like a year ago. Yeah. And uh she you know, she's been loving that. She doesn't have to wear her glasses, doesn't have to wear contacts or anything. And uh so whenever I make comments about wanting glasses, she's like, oh, makes me sick. So, are you a fan of the dentist? Like, of the dentist? The dentist. Um, no, because every time I, I go, they like make my gums bleed really bad. Really? And they're like, it's because you don't floss enough. And I'm like, I floss plenty. You guys are just really brutal on my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, on this, on this beautiful Monday morning, I got to go to the dentist at 2 o'clock. Uh, in something. So I'll be in your neck of the woods at two o'clock, but I gotta go to the dentist and then come back because you know I have other obligations here. So it's it's it it won't be anything. I I I never had a cavity, uh, you know. So it's just like like a routine. Yeah, man. For some reason, you know, I I don't eat a lot of candy like I like I did in the past. But even back then, I didn't have cavities. I never had one. Really, I had uh I had eleven at one time. 11. 11 at one time. How much candy did you eat, dude? To the dentist. I, I have, I, I guess, just over time, I had just accumulated all these uh, cavities. Yeah. And uh, I had gone a few years without going to the dentist just because I was, for one thing, I was like, I don't have time to go to the dentist. I'm working too much. You need fat, right? Um, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. whatever. Screw that. And so I, I, um, I finally like went and they were like, yeah, you have 11 cavities in your mouth right now. I was like, holy crap. So I had to go back every 
few weeks and get another filling and then I have to get my mouth numbed up again and then it felt like felt like I was yeah. chewing my tongue <laughs> and right. I was worried that I was going to bite through my tongue or like bite through my lip or the inside of my cheek and just bleed everywhere and I did it a few times which is a, a horrible experience I don't think I have any cavities right now right but uh dude, Brian's another person um that he's never had a cavity ever in his life yeah and I don't understand uh, but okay so, my so- poor niece <laughs> oh god god uh uh there's there's yeah, one man. thing that you said that i absolutely hate in life besides being sick i can't stand being sick but i absolutely hate the the i guess that's called novocaine where it's like numbing medication yeah. right they stick yep. in your gum and you're like oh my god because yeah. when i used to fall down on my on my head a lot you know i've i've gotten a lot of stitches on my head they always did that novocaine yeah. shot and it just felt like everything's rushing in and like <gasps> that's yeah. I can't I can't I can't I can't can't handle no that. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. No bueno. Yeah. Uh yesterday you told me that you what you and Adley watched the new Godzilla and versus King Kong. Dude, it what, was so What did you think? Good. It is, isn't it? It was so good. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for no. those of you who haven't watched it yet. Um, but uh, I do have a question for you, so though. Much, uh, I, I, I do have yes. one question for you, and, and it's not going to spoil it, y'all. So don't, you know, don't crab at me if you, you know. Don't worry. Right. Don't skip ahead. No, we're not. Can you tell me or explain to me how the hell they got King Kong on that boat? To, to, to take him to America or what we thought was America. That. No, they didn't cover that. They never said how they got him on the boat. Yeah, he so, just, he just uh, woke up and he was on the boat, just like his hand just dragging through the water. Right. And uh, they never showed him getting on the boat. That is a good so thing. I never, I never for saw For that, it. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, okay. Except for that, perfect movie. I'll say I'll say that I'll give it a nine out of ten because I thought the ending was a little weird and like I it felt a little rushed. Yeah, but yeah, I understand yeah. COVID probably had something to do with that. A lot, um, a lot of yeah. That yeah. probably had a lot to do with that. But I heard that most of the movie was shot in 2019. Okay. So, oh well. Okay. And I mean, it was visual, you know, effects anyway. So yeah. a lot of live action stuff was already shot because i think it came out in 2020 if it wasn't for this COVID. And hell, a lot of a lot of the movies would have came out then because uh mortal kombat which comes out in a few weeks mortal kombat is gonna be so amazing dude I, you don't mortal understand kombat. how i'm yeah. how excited i am for that movie i you think know? after mortal kombat's when we're gonna put it put the old uh hbo max subscription to rest but really yeah i think i think we'll cut it off after that but you know, uh, Black Widow finally has a release date. Um, we've had Black Widow's going to be on HBO Max. Man, uh, I think uh, I think we'll actually go see it in theaters because that's you know that that's the experience we like with the Marvel. Yeah, movie. we like to experience it in the theaters. And while I do enjoy Falcon and Winter Soldier, I love WandaVision. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing to watch a show right uh, on Disney Plus. But when they announced that they were doing uh black widow in theaters and on disney plus but i think it's like an even more of an additional fee than the premiere access thing yeah um 
I was like, no thanks. I think I'll go to the theaters <laughs> and see it. Yeah, because you want to see the whole aspect of the movie, right? I, I want. I want to. Yeah, I want. I want to. I want to take it all in as it was intended. Right. Right. Which should be should be viewable, right? Yeah. So, um, so we are in episode sixty nine, I think. I, we still don't know. Maybe. Still don't know. I'm still don't know. Lost game. We're up there. We're we we got past fifty. So we're up during like, yeah, yeah. the we're elderly past, age. You know. We're over the hill. We're yes, we're 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 we're, over the hill. we're elders here. So yeah. <laughs> so this episode is gonna be on the new wave of British heavy metal, which is like there's thrash metal for me and then there's British heavy metal, which is great, great stuff. Yes. So we're gonna cover yes, a lot of great absolutely. bands, talk about a lot of great music. Yeah. Um, but That's if you good. want to uh, take this first paragraph, that would help me a lot. Absolutely. Before we do that, do you want me to do the uh, the stay in music? Thing? Yes. I've got I've got some really good ones here. Yes, sir. Please um, do that. So on this day in music, April fifth, uh, Minnie Ripperton. Uh, this is in 1975. Uh, Minnie Ripperton went to number one on the U.S. singles chart with Stevie Wonder produced song Loving You, which was the number two hit in the U.K. It was the singer's only U.S. chart hit. Uh, Ripperton died of cancer, unfortunately, on July 12th of 1979. Mm. Uh, on April 5th, 1979, uh, Duran Duran made their live debut at the Lecture Theater in Birmingham, the uh, Birmingham Polytechnic. Uh, the band have since then achieved 14 singles in the top 10 of the UK singles chart and the 21, uh, 21 in the, the Billboard Hot 100 and, and have sold over 100 million, with million records worldwide. Um, in April uh, April 5th of 1980, REM played their first gig ever uh, whenever they appeared at St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Athens, Georgia. Uh, this, yes. Yeah. Uh, the show at this abandoned church was for a friend's birthday party. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Marvin Gaye's funeral in 1984, April 5th. Uh, Marvin Gaye's funeral took place at the Forest Lawn Cemetery in Los Angeles. Uh, in attendance was Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, Quincy Jones, Barry Gordy, and other Motown singers, writers, and producers who attended the service. Um, uh, here we go. Here's a good one. In 1985, at 3.50 p.m., uh, over 5,000 radio stations worldwide aired the charity single by USA for Africa, We Are the World. Oh. Um, the single went on to be one in the U.S. and in the U.K. and most Western territory uh, territories. Um, you ready to get punched in the gut? Uh, so mm. April 5th. Do I have uh, to? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. just bear yeah, with me. Okay. <laughs> bear with me. Uh-huh. I have two gut punches here, yeah, all right? Okay. So April 5th, 1994, Kurt Cobain uh, committed suicide. Yeah, uh, by shooting, some, shooting himself in the head, yeah, in uh, yeah. The, in his Seattle home, Cobain's body wasn't discovered until April eighth by an electrician. As you guys all know, we talk about uh, Kurt Cobain in our uh, Twenty Seven Club episode, yeah, right? Um, and he was discovered by an electrician who had arrived to install a security system. Uh, who initially believed that Cobain was asleep until he saw the shotgun pointing at his chin. Um, then a suicide note that was found that said, "I haven't felt the excitement of listening to." as well as creating music uh, along with really writing for too many years now, excuse me. And then a high concentration of heroin and traces of Valium were found in Cobain's body, uh, which is why I think he didn't kill himself. Uh, His death was officially ruled as suicide. 
by self-inflicted shotgun wound to the head. Um, but uh, let's let's cheer up a little bit. Okay. Okay. Please, so please, 1998. Huh? Yeah, 1998. Uh, the Spice Girls performed for the first time ever uh, in their uh, their live UK concert. Uh, whenever they appeared appeared in front of a 9,000 strong art audience in uh, Glasgow, Scotland. Mm. Uh, 9,000. 9,000 people was the first concert. That's Holy a good crowd. crowd. That's a good crowd. Yeah. Huh? Now you're happy, and I'm about to bring you back down. Oh. Uh, so in 2002, on April 5th, you knew it was coming. American singer Lane Staley of Allison Chains was found dead from a mixture of heroin and cocaine in his home. It was reported that the six-foot Staley weighed about 86 pounds whenever his body was discovered. Mm. His body was partially decomposed whenever he was found. Uh, medical examiners had to identify it by his dental records. Um, so mm. now I'm sad. So, but I'm going to get happy again. So what? So so what year was that? That was in 2002. Okay, so I was 22, I think. Yeah. Wow. Man, time yeah. flies. Yeah. Um, let's get happy again because yes. in 2008, yes. Apple, uh, Apple iTunes overtook the supermarket group Walmart to become the largest music retailer in the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. market research firm, NPD said that uh, iTunes surpassed Walmart in January and February if 12 downloads are considered equal to the sale of one CD album. Mm. Uh, iTunes has sold more than 4 billion songs since its launch in 2003. Man. So there you go. Yeah. This day in music, a lot happened, man. A lot of sadness, a lot of happy things, and uh, yeah. we're here for it all. And Apple so slowly taking the world by itself. Cause it used to be Microsoft yeah, was it, right. Microsoft was it. Oh yeah, but everywhere. But the reason why I went from Microsoft to Apple was, have you heard of a of, of a computer called Compaq? Yes. Uh huh. That we we bought one of those computers and they are a piece of crap, dude. Cause it because <laughs> it because it died on us twelve times in one year. I'm like. This cannot be happening, you know. Yeah. So when you're all like, "Hey, Dad, I want me a you know Apple Macintosh," and he's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "They're better." And he's like, "Okay," <laughs> and got it. And then <laughs> now he has one. My mom has one. I have one. And my yeah. sister went with the uh, Chromebook, which is great by itself. I mean, that's that's you know. Sure. So yeah. Google has 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 a lot to do with that. You know, I don't think Microsoft had anything to do with that one. But we've been we've been an Apple family since then. So and that was back in 20, 20, uh, 2001 or something. I don't know. A long time. Yeah. Long time. Well, it's very user friendly. It I, is. I found. You know, it is. My, you know, we got my mom on the the iPhone, uh, uh, bandwagon. You know, right. she uh, she had an Android before that, and I had no idea if she had a problem with her phone. You couldn't help her, could I you? Would, yeah. I was like, ah, no, this is the most confusing thing. Like, I'm Google. So used to using Google. Yeah. Yeah. Google knows how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. okay. so cool. Well, yeah. let's, let's hop into it, man. This is a, this is going to be a fun one. It is. Yes. Um. So you said you want me to take this first uh, paragraph yeah. here? Yeah. Sure. Right, if so, you can. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, the new wave of British heavy, excuse me. I just drank a lot of coffee. Oh, that's uh, fine. The new wave of, of British heavy metal, uh, commonly abbreviated as NWOBHM, 
uh, was a nationwide musical movement that started in the United Kingdom in the late 1970s and achieved international attention by the early 1980s. Uh, journalist Jeff Barton coined the term in a May 1979 issue of the British music newspaper Sounds to describe the emergence of new heavy metal bands in the mid to late 1970s during the period of punk rock's decline and the dominance of new wave music. It's a weird time. Yeah, the 1970s was a was a good decade, I think. You know, a lot of great bands came out then. Yeah, um, a lot of good music too. So. A lot of good music, but it was just all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So, although encompassing diverse mainstream and underground styles, the music of the new wave of British heavy metal is best remembered for drawing on the heavy metal side of of the 1970s and infusing it with intensity of punk rock to produce fast and aggressive songs. The DIY, the DIY attitude of the new metal bands led to the spread of raw sounding, self-produced records and the proliferation of independent record labels. Song lyrics were used about uh, escapist themes such as mythology, fantasy, horror, and a rock lifestyle. And I like mythology. You know, who doesn't like mythology and fantasy and horror? Mm -hmm. I love yeah. horror. So it all blends yeah. so well together, you know. And I and I don't think it, it, those, like ahead. the album covers like that. This is this was the time period that it was cool to do, have like a sick album cover that had some type of Greek god on it or something, or yeah. like you know the the the, uh, the guys they look like Conan where they're sitting there and they got their <clears> swords and <throat> right. or you have Iron Maiden with Eddie that looks Eddie, super sick on all, yeah. every single cover yeah Eddie is a fucking fantastic I don't think that I you that, I don't think that you can't re recognize Eddie without knowing Iron Man and and yeah. and vice versa you know it's their player one Absolutely. and the same yeah yeah so um so the new wave of British heavy metal began as an underground phenomenon uh growling in parallel to punk and largely ignored by the media it was only through the promotion of rock DJ Neil K and sounds uh, campaigning that it reached the public consciousness and gained radio airplay uh, recognition and success in the UK. The movement involved mostly young, white, male, and, uh, uh, and working-class musicians and fans who suffered the hardships brought on by rising unemployment for years after the 1973 to the 1975 recession. Um, as a reaction to their bleak reality, they created a community separate from mainstream society to enjoy each other's company and their, and their favorite loud music. Um, the new wave of British heavy metal was cr heavily criticized for the excessive hype generated by local media in favor of mostly talentless musicians. Uh, nonetheless, it generated a renewal in the genre of heavy metal music and furthered the progress of the heavy metal subculture. Um, whose updated behavioral and visual codes were quickly adopt, uh, adopted by metal fans worldwide after the spread of the music uh, to the continental uh, Europe, North America, and uh, Japan. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is one of the many um, subcategories on under heavy metal, and I love th this subcategory better than all the other ones because we have death metal, doom metal, sludge metal, right. and I'm. I, I don't know what sludge metal is, but that's the actual thing. <laughs> Sounds gross. It does. I guess it's like a 
I guess, you know, like a sludgy slow vibe of, you know, doom it, something. So, yeah, so this is my second favorite um, subcategory under thrash metal. Thrash metal will always be a number one go-to of all time. So Yeah, for sure. So this movement spawned perhaps a thousand heavy metal bands, which is true, uh, but only a few survived... uh, the uh, advent of MTV and the rise of the more commercial glam metal in the second half of the 1980s. Among them, Iron Maiden, Def Leppard uh, became international stars, and Motorhead and Saxton had had considerably success. Other groups such as Diamond Head, Venom, and Raven remained underground but were a major influence on successful extreme metal bands, extreme sub-metal subgenres of the late 80s and 90s. Many bands from the new wave of British heavy metal reunited in the 2000s and remained active through through live performances and new studio albums. And and we, like, love, like, reunions because... Uh, one band I know that broke up yeah. in the in the late late nineties, I think, was uh, Judas Priest. Halford came back within, yeah, you know, like like now, yep. what, like ten years ago. But but then it was like, oh my God, Halford's back! Yes, Judas Priest is back. You know, because they had Bird. Ripper Owens before that, and Ripper was good, but he wasn't. In, but yeah. he wasn't Rob. You know, everybody wanted Rob to hit the high screams. Although, yeah. Ripper can hit high screens, but not as well as you know. I mean, when 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 you're used to Rob Halford or or um or Bruce Dickinson from um from Iron Maiden, you kind of want them to yeah. come back, you know, because that's 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 oh, yeah. that's that's a favorite, that's a favorite of all of, the, of all the other band members, you know. Well, and that, and that's part of what their where their success came from was they had singers who had very distinctive voices. Um, that were instantly recognizable, and you could tell when it was Judas Priest, and you could tell when it was Iron Maiden, and you could tell when it was Def Leppard. It was just that there's so many things that these bands just had their sound. So the singers, the singers definitely were, you know, just as much a part of that as it was. Um, you know, you could hear the opening licks to some of their uh, some of their songs, and you just instantly knew who it was. It was good. Right. It's great. I, I love this this uh, subgenre. Right. Metal. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So the first band we're going to talk about is Iron Maiden and, and we mentioned Eddie and Eddie, and Eddie is a mascot. Um Let's talk about Eddie. Yeah. I know that uh, that the Bruce Dickinson is the airline pilot and their actual plane is called Ed yeah, Ed Force cool. One. Which is great. So <laughs> so yeah, so they included Eddie in their in, in their Ed Force One, you know, Air Force One. So, but that's great yeah. because they can go anywhere they want to, whenever they want to, because they one of the members is actually oh, yeah. airline pot, you know. So that's great, you know. Hey, I want to fly to Italy and I want to have some pasta tonight. Let's go, Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> yeah, Bruce, hook us up, man. You know. Yeah. Why right, just let me take like four thousand gallons of gas in this plane and we'll go. All right, man. We got the yeah. money, you know. I don't. They got. They yeah. yeah. So I wonder how 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 much gasoline airplanes airplanes can hold. About four hundred thousand, right? Four hundred thousand. I don't know. I have, um, a, I have a former roommate who is about to get his uh, who's about to get his uh, uh, 
pilot's license. Right. So uh, I should ask him when he moves back over yeah. uh, to South Carolina. Yeah, do that. Yeah, do that because I'm very, very yeah. interested. So Iron Men yeah. are an English heavy metal band from in Leighton, East London uh, in 1975 by bassist and primary songwriter Steve Harris. The band's discography has grown to 40 albums, including 16 studio albums, 13 live albums, and 4 EPs, and 7 compilations. They've been working, huh? Yeah, man, they have been they've been working hard for a long time. <clears throat> yeah, so the pioneers of the new wave of British heavy metal, Iron Maiden, achieved initial success during the during the early '80s. After several lineup changes, the demand went on to release a series of of UK and US uh, platinum and gold albums, including 1982's The Number of the Beast, 83's Peace of Mind, 84's Power Slave. And eighty-five live live release live after death, and yeah, uh, I, I, I see what they did there, right? So, <laughs> and nineteen eighty-six is somewhere in time, and eighty-eight seventh son of a seventh son. That's okay. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Um, uh, since the return of lead vocalist Bruce Dickinson and guitarist Adrian Smith in nineteen ninety-nine. The band has gone has undergone a resurgence in popularity with a series of new album, albums and tours. Their 2010 studio offering, The Final Frontier, uh, peaked at number one in 20 countries and received widespread critical acclaim. Yeah. Uh, their 16th album, uh, The Book of Souls, was released on September 4th, 2015 to some success. Topping the charts in, in 24 countries. Man, that's good. That's still great. Still doing well. Yeah. Still doing very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're banging out the, the bangers, you know. We got to have the bangers in there. Yeah. So, Iron Maiden are considered one of the most influ influential and successful heavy metal bands in history. Talking is very hard for me sometimes, y'all. That's okay. <laughs> With the Sunday Times reporting in 2017 that the band has sold over 100 million copies of their albums worldwide, despite little little radio or television support. Yeah, you never see them on like TV or or even hear them on radio unless it's like a heavy metal station. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it's if it's a station that plays predominantly uh, uh, heavy metal music, then you'll hear them play, you know it's usually number of the beast or run to the hills right uh, that's that's the, the or, two that they're gonna play the crap out of or my favorite one of all time is two minutes to midnight you know Ooh, plus yeah. plus yeah like like i've said before you, you can only hear them on like serious radio and like i uh, like ozzy's boneyard or some kind of metal station right. you know never hear yeah. them on like tv or Unless it's like a, for a commercial or something. I'm not sure if they use their songs. Well, the first place that I ever heard uh, Iron Maiden was uh, it was The Number of the Beast and mm -hmm. it was on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. Right. And uh, those, listen, okay, we've got to do, we've got to do a whole episode just on Tony Hawk uh, video games and like the music and how okay. that music influenced so many people because I'm one of those people. Right, like, yeah, I, yeah so many different there was no there was no uh 
one specific genre that I got into and, and stuck with. I was into everything because of those games. I was into hip hop. I was into uh, right. gangster rap. I was into <laughs> old yeah. heavy thrash, heavy metal. I was into new metal. I was into punk rock. I, I mean, I got introduced to everything. And Iron Maiden was one of those bands I got into because of Tony Alt Pro Skater Four. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we should definitely yeah. do one of the one of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So the band won the Ivor Novello Award uh, for International Achievement in two, in 2002. Uh, as of October 2013, the band has played over 2,000 live shows throughout their career. Over 40 years, the band has been supported by their famous mascot, Eddie, who, who has appeared almost on all of the albums and single covers as well as their live shows. Yeah, like like we said before, Terrifying. you can't go to a live show and not see Eddie. Eddie is like yeah. big. I don't know if he's a zombie or like an actual monster. I, 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 no one... I don't think they've ever confirmed yeah. what Eddie was, but I yeah. like to think he's a zombie of some variety. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, well, in some covers, he was a mummy because in the, I think... Yeah. I think the uh, Paris slave, it was like Egyptian themed, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he came up with a pharaoh, pharaoh garb and ever and everything. I don't know. Right. Huh. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what Eddie is supposed to be, but you know, uh, he's cool. He's very, uh, dis- you know, he's very uh, distinct. Like you know exactly what you don't even have to have iron maiden's logo you can just have no. a picture of eddie and you already know yeah, that's who it is yeah right exactly exactly so yeah. the current members are steve harris the bass backing vocals and keyboardist Dave, too. oh yeah yeah uh dave murray which is the guitarist um one of the guitarists um mm-hmm. there's three guitarists okay all right so you got adrian smith which is the guitarist and keyboardist uh, Bruce Dickinson, which is the lead guitar, lead vocalist, uh, for, and the pianist, and Nick McBrain, and the drummer, and Janik Gers as the guitarist. So they have three guitarists, which, I mean, makes them more heavier, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, you, when yeah. you have that many licks and leads and rips, you gotta. You got to make sure you got it all balanced out. Sometimes it requires yeah. you having three guitarists. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but then again, Foo Fighters have three guitarists, and I'm still not sure why two yeah. guitarists is and, like and, enough. And I, I'm here for it, Daddy. Oh yeah, I yeah. Love I, it. I, they they brought back uh, Pat Smear. Yeah. Oh man, he's he's a uh, he's, he's good, a he's a national so treasure. He's a he's yeah. a he's a national treasure. <laughs> some 41 they're another band that has three guitarists now. okay uh they kind of they kind of do what uh i I guess what iron maiden has done where you know you add a somebody playing keys and you grab another guitarist uh um i believe green day's been doing that yeah yeah green day has expanded yeah Yeah. pioneers oh yeah oh yeah so their former members is going to be uh, Doug Simpson, drummer from 1977 to 79. Paul DeAnno, I hope I'm saying it right, please forgive me. A lead vocalist from 78 to 81. Dennis Stratton, guitarist and back lead vocalist from 79 to 80. Clive Burr, from, um, he's the drummer from 79 to 82. 
and Blaze Bailey, which is a lead vocalist from 94 to 99. I've heard a lot of people love Paul Diano and, and Blaze Bailey better than, than Bruce. Or Bruce, man. Bruce can sing his ass off on that one, you know. So, Blaze Bailey sounds like a fake name. Actually, it's I, I, I don't know. That might be. God given name. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And they had one touring musician. Right. Yeah. And they had one touring <laughs> musician. His name was Michael oh. Kinney, and he was a keyboardist, and he's, he's still in the band. He's been playing since 1988, and still yeah. the keyboard. They haven't made him an official member. He's just a touring musician, <laughs> right? But I, 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 I don't think he minds though, you know, because he's he, he is getting paid. Yeah, been with the band for thirty something years, and they, they right, don't have yeah. Music. But but he is getting paid, so I don't think he, you know, he minds. <laughs> yeah, he's probably um, like, I'm good. Okay, so right, yeah. So their their discography is is vast. So it's they have a lot killer. of. A lot of great albums. Okay, so you got you like I, there? Huh? It's killer. It's killer. Ah, I, I think ah. Okay. So to get that joke, you gotta learn. You gotta hang with us. <laughs> okay, so their first album, Iron Maiden, came out in 1980. Their best one because I was born that year. Killers, 81. There it is. <laughs> there it is. 81. Number of the Beast, 82. Peace of Mind in 83, Power Slave, 84, uh, Somewhere in Time, it's 86, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, 88, No Prayer for the Dying, 19, 1990, Fear of the Dark in 92, The X Factor in 95, Virtual 6, I think it says, in 98. Yep, uh, 11, 11, excuse me. Yeah, that's 11. X, no. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, XI is, okay, yeah, XI is 11. So, Virtual 11, which came in in 1998, Brave New World in 2000, Dance of Death in 2003, Matter of Life, just, huh? I'm just kidding. <laughs> A Matter of Life and Death in 2006, The Final Frontier in 2010, and The Book of Souls in 2015. I'm getting slap happy. It's... Yeah. <laughs> You need to calm down on the coffee, man. But, uh, no, man. But, I, but, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> and just like um, we said, hold on, um, we got 16 studio albums, 13 live albums, 7 compilation albums, 20 video albums. I guess those are music videos. No, we got yeah. 39 of those. And 4 EPs and 5 box sets. So they've been working really hard. Oh, yeah. And look at the years, especially when they first came out, leading up to like and up until uh, Power Slave, I mean, these the first five albums came out within a year of each other. Yeah. Um. And, and then even that, even after that, it wasn't very long in between those albums. This would, you know, two years, three years at the most. You know. Right. Um, well, see, so you they're, they're them out. You see, uh, albums come out year after year after year. Whenever these bands get started, but when as time moves on, like like you see, it, it going to the down. Um. During the uh, between X Factor, which came out in '95, and Virtual Eleven, which came out in '98, and then 2000, yeah. 2003, 2003. So I, I guess, I guess they like kind of wear down when they get they get older as fast their sure career goes on. I'm sure you yes. know they they take time off and you know and and bands aren't aren't friends for the whole span. So you know if they have differences between. 
you know, albums and songs and, you know, so right. it's completely un understandable with that. Sure. So how about the next cool. band? Yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take this next one here. Okay. Let's talk about Motorhead a little bit. Yes. I love Motorhead, man. Lemmy. Uh, so Motorhead were, uh, they were an English rock band formed in June 1975 by bassist, singer, and songwriter Ian Lemmy Kilmeister. Um, who was the sole constant member mm -hmm. um, guitarist Larry Wallace and drummer Lucas Fox the band are often considered a precursor to the new wave of British heavy metal um, which uh, re-energized heavy metal in the late 1970s and early 1980s um, through several guitarists and drummers uh, or excuse me though several guitarists and drummers have played in Motorhead most of their best selling albums and singles feature the work of Phil Filthy Animals Filthy spelled uh, P-H-I-L just like his name uh, Taylor on drums and Fast Eddie Clark on guitars. I know way too many Fast, fast Eddie. Eddie. Man. Fast Eddie. I know, I know of at least six Fast Eddies. Really? Um, yeah, for real. It's weird. Uh, Motorhead uh, released 22 studio albums, 10 live recordings, 12 compilation albums, and five EPs over a career spanning 40 years. Usually a power trio, they had particular success in the early 1980s with several successful singles in the UK Top 40 chart. The albums Overkill, Bomber, Ace of Spades, classic, mm. and particularly the live album No Sleep Till Hammersmith uh, cemented Motorhead's reputation as a top-tier rock band. Um, the band are ranked number 26 on VH1's 100 Greatest Artists of Hard Rock, and as of 2016, they have sold more than 15 albums, excuse me, 150, 15. definitely more than 15 <laughs> albums worldwide. 15 million mm. albums worldwide. There you go. Um, I'm like, 15 yeah. albums? What the fuck? What? They definitely sold more than 15 yeah. in 40 years. That's good. Right, um, yeah. We're not going to say. Yeah. Uh, most often classified as heavy metal, uh, Motorhead has been credited with being part of and influencing numerous musician, uh, musical scenes, uh, thrash metal and speed metal especially. Lemmy, however, always insisted that they were a rock, uh, they were just a rock and roll band. Um, he said that they had more in common with punk bands, but their own uh, their own unique sound. Uh, Motorhead is embraced uh, in both punk and metal scenes. Definitely, I mean it, it's it's not just heavy metal guys. There's plenty of punk rock people who love some Motorhead. Right. Um, their and lyrics typically uh, covered such topics as war, good versus evil, abuse of power, uh, promiscuous sex. Uh, Lemmy got around mm -hmm. uh, substance abuse, and most famously gambling ace of space um the oh, latter man. being the main focus of their song ace ace of space. Space. Right. <laughs> uh, the jam the bop uh it slaps see i'm so slaps I'm so uh <laughs> lemmy died uh december 28th unfortunately uh in 2015 from cardiac arrhythmia and congestive heart failure after being diagnosed with prostate cancer he just had it all man, mm, man. but you know that's the way he lived he's <clears> just like yeah I'm gonna live life to the fullest i'm gonna have fun and uh you know i'm not going down without a fight and by god he went out he went out with a lot he uh, went out with sure. a bang yeah uh so the day after his death drummer uh mickey d and guitarist phil campbell uh both confirmed that motorhead had disbanded so rightfully so i don't think that yeah. man could have continued without lemmy he was he was, he was it man vocal. yeah yeah um, by 2018, all three members of Motorhead's classic lineup, including uh, Lemmy, uh, Taylor, and Clark, had died. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, what, what's your what's your thoughts on Motorhead? Motorhead to me is like the baddest metal band in the land because, yeah. When you say Ace of Spades, you automatically think of the the classic cover album. They're they're in the desert. Yeah, sure. What looks like cowboy get up, and yeah. you know, looking back at the camera, you know, you got your Ace of Spades going on, and and that song is, I think that 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 song is the most played in their whole arsenal. But uh, oh, yeah. But my one of my favorite songs is Orgasmatron. You know. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> that's that's the pinnacle for me, um, yeah. and uh, and a lot of people who 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 listen to wrestling uh, knows that they did Triple H's song, um, King of Kings, and the game, and they actually played them out going to the ring one one uh one pay per view. Now, uh, even though Lemmy has died. Uh, the spirit lives on because I'll, I'll because I'm gonna tell you about, about a band who sounds exactly like them. Okay, so I'm not sure if you are into death metal, um, Rosalie, but there's a band called Immortal, and okay. Immortal's lead singer, uh, his name is Abbas A B B A T H, sounds just like him. Like if if you close your eyes, dude, he's like it. You know. And and the band is called Bomber, and uh, you know obviously they're a, like a, like a tribute band because yeah. you can't have a Motorhead without Lemmy, you know of course. But Bomber, and, and he stood out. huh? You know, I think I think Lemmy just stood out as a as a human being in, in general. He was a very nice guy. Yeah, nobody's ever thought bad about him. Like no. you know, he's everybody you talk to is just like Lemmy was the nicest dude. Give you the shirt off his back. Yeah, most of the time he was wearing a shirt anyway so he probably would have just <laughs> yeah. be his uh his chaps right yeah um, but uh, yeah. I sh- and you know what in honor of lemmy i should have done my mic uh yeah because yeah, it was talking like it yeah yeah but in an interview they asked him why do you why do you why is your mic over your head like that to where you have to lift your head to sing and he said it helps with uh singing it, it, it oh. helps his voice stay uh in tune it, it, it helps his voice uh for the live shows because he had a real like he had a real raspy voice, yeah. Yeah, and it, he said it helps him not to get like sore throats and stuff to be yeah. able to sing with his neck up like that. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Well, hell, man, just as long as he he's comfortable, man, he really kicked yeah, ass, you know. Absolutely. So, and uh, here's a here's a fun fact, right? So I heard, well, that I, you probably heard this too, but uh, uh, Ricky Rackman, who is a who is a fantastic guy, who was bringing him back. Um, the MTV show, I think um one of them, right? Uh, so he said he said that uh that when when they cremated Lemmy, uh, Lemmy had a final request in putting his ashes into bullets, and cool. and send them off to his 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 best friends. Ricky Rackman got some, and yeah, so like like a bunch of people got bullets, and they're just coming in right now to you know. So I think, sweet. So, so I think that really, you know, it says a lot of like cool stuff about him. You know, one, he's a funny guy. I mean, I mean, who puts your ashes in bullets? You know, who would have think that? You know, yeah, that's, cool. that's just weird, weird and funny at the same time to me. So, yeah. yeah. Well, he lived loud, uh, loud and fast, and yeah. uh, much like a bullet, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. Fitting. Um, but let's talk about the uh, the members real quick. Uh, so the the final lineup for Motorhead uh, consisted of Lemmy uh, on bass and lead vocals, um, Phil Wizzo Campbell uh, on guitars and backing vocals, and then uh, Mickey D on uh, drums. Um, and then uh, previous members they have a uh, Larry Wallace as we mentioned before on guitars and backing vocals, um, who uh, sadly died in 2019. Uh, Lucas Fox uh, on drums, uh, the old filthy animal on the drums, uh, Fast Eddie uh, on guitars and backing vocals, Brian uh, Robbo, I'm assuming is how you say his name. Probably yeah. not Robo, like the drummer from Misfits. Uh, <laughs> it's next to being there, so that leads me to believe that's Robbo uh, on uh, Robertson on guitars and backing vocals, Michael Wurzel, Wurzel uh, Burston on guitars and backing vocals. Um, sadly, he died in 2011. Um, and then Pete Gill on the drums from 1984 to 1987. Um, let's talk over this little, uh, long list of uh, uh, of their discography they have here. So yeah. Self-Titled Motorhead came out in 1977. Overkill in 1979. Bomber also in 1979. Um, get a twofer. Uh, and uh, Ace of Spades in 1980. Iron Fist in 1982. Another Perfect Day, 1983. Orgasmatron in 1986. Yes. Rock and Roll, 1987. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 1916, which came out in 1991. Don't get that confused. Uh, March or Die in 1992. Bastards in 1993. Sacrifice in 1995. Overnight Sensation, 1996. Uh, Snake Bite Love, 1998. We Are Motorhead in 2000. Hammerhead in 2002. Inferno in 2004, Kiss of Death in 2006, Motorizer in 2008, The World is Yours in 2010, Aftershock in 2013, and then their final album, Bad Magic in 2015. Mm. Hey, they had a killer, killer lineup with the discography. Yeah. And um, while you were, were reading that, you know, this is Eddie as the mascot for um, or main. Yeah. I was looking up the name of their mascot, Motorhead mascot, and it's and it's Snaggletooth, and it's just a, like a it's a it's a snarling chain wielded beast. It doesn't say exactly what it is. It's just a beast. Cool. Yeah, cool. I mean, I mean, because you can find that 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 beast on practically every one of these albums, you know, with yeah. with that one or two, you know, because I know that on Orgasmatron. Uh, the beast's face was on the from like a train or something. So yeah, yeah, something like that. And of course, you you've had the on the um the logo on Ace of Spades, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they 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 did a lot. So, but uh, you know, like I said before, the closest thing we have from tuning now it's it's a a bass version of uh, Motorhead, and it's it's called Bomber. Yeah. Check them out; they're really really good. Yeah. Uh, so when you got your coffee today, did you put some sugar in it? One or two, one or two cubes. You know, I don't, I, I don't actually put any sugar in my coffee. Um, I don't either. I, my coffee creamer already has enough sugar in it, I believe. I, I probably shouldn't add any additional sugar to it. But, uh, um, but yes, I know where you're going with this. Yes, and I think many people do too. Cause for some shit on me, yeah, I can't sing you. Also, forgive me, but uh, Death Leopard. 
So yeah. Def Leppard is a fantastic band. And so well, and, and I'll tell you why. Def Leppard are an English rock band formed in 1977 in Sheffield. Uh, and since 92, the band has consisted of Joe Elliott, which is the lead vocalist, Rick Savage, um, bass backing vocals, Rick Allen, drummer, uh, Phil Collin, not Collins. Yeah. Not Phil Collins. Phil, yeah. Phil Collins, one Collins, who is the who is the other guitarist, and Vivian Campbell, which is the other guitarist. Um, yeah. And did you know that Vivian Campbell was there was Dio's Ronnie James Dio's or, or, original guitarist? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that until recently. That's so cool. I yeah. Love they were, they've been in separate bands and stuff. Right. Like, right. Kind of like all spare members or whatever. Yeah. So they, they established themselves as part of the new wave of British heavy metal, a movement by the early 80s. The band's greatest commercial success when they came um, in, the, in the early 1980s and early 90s. Uh, their first album in 1980, One Through the Night, reached the top 15 in the UK, but received little notice everywhere else. The second album, 81's High and Dry, was produced by Mutt Lang, the great, the great uh, studio producer, um, who's all who was married to Shania Twain. So think about that. Oh, really? Really. Yeah, uh, divorced now though, but yeah, um, who's helped them became began began their to define their uh, melodic hard rock style, and the album's most popular track. Bring in on heartbreak. It's a great song. Ooh, Bring in song. on heartbreak. So, wrote a good ballad. Maybe. Yes, yes. Uh, so that became one of the first rock videos played on MTV in, in 1982. But the album only reached the top 30 and 40 in the UK and US. Death Leopard's next studio album, Pyromania, was released on January in 83 with Photograph and Rock of Ages. Those are my songs, man. Those are my favorite Death Leopard songs. Classic band. Uh, both, both, both topping the U.S. rock track chart and reaching the, the top 20 of the Hot 100. So reaching number two on the U.S. album chart, Pyromania was certified diamond in the U.S. and, and seven times platinum in Canada and reached in the top 20 in the U.K. and but then so much elsewhere. That's that's strange. So, yeah, it survived everywhere else, but it was still certified diamond. That is a huge, 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 huge honor. It is. Um, we talked about uh, there's not a whole lot of albums that were certified diamond. <laughs> no, Thriller being one. So if that if that's anything to compare it to, yeah. Uh, which I think this is the same year. Is it not? Didn't Thriller come out Thriller. in '82? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thr Thriller came out in the early '80s, right? Yeah, '81, '82. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so see, that's what you're up against. You're up against Michael freaking Jackson. <laughs> right. But who else can do that, right? Right. So, right. so we're growing because the um, Def Leppard's fourth studio album, the most, the more pop-oriented, Hysteria, came out in 1987, topped the UK, US, New Zealand, Canada, Australian, and Norway charts. It also went to number two in Sweden and number ten in Germany without any top 50 singles in those countries. 
It has been certified 12 times platinum for sales in the U.S. and 13 times platinum in Canada, selling over 25 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. The album spawned six top 20 U.S. singles, including the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 number one, Love Bites, went top 10 in several other countries, including number two in New Zealand, along alongside For Some Trigger On Me, U.S. number two, Hysteria, Armageddon, which went number two in New Zealand, Animal, which was number six, the biggest UK hit ever in the in, uh, in, uh, United Kingdom, and Rocket, um, a top 50 hit in many countries. So Hysteria had four top 10 hits in New Zealand. And that's their biggest, biggest record with, uh, with obviously, uh, Pour Some Trigger On Me. I mean, that, you yeah. know, because when you think of Leslie, you think of, like, you know, that song Pour Some Trigger On Me. Yeah, and you you think of Hysteria, and that was definitely the you know one of the biggest ones. But going back to Pyromania, Foolin', oh dude, yeah, Foolin', f- 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 Foolin'. yeah, yeah, I love that guitar. Riff, that's man. great. And then, like that's the great. ending of it, where it, like you know you have your your build up uh, of that, where it's like and it just kind of builds up until you get to that that last like Foolin', yeah, and it. And they're like singing. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. It makes me so happy. Classic, classic. So the next studio album, Adrenalize. Did I say it right? Yeah, Adrenalize. Yeah. Um, their first following the death of guitarist Steve Clark, reached only we reached number one in the in, on the UK, US, and New Zealand, Canada, and Australian charts in the, in the ninety two while going top 10 in Sweden and Germany. So it contains several hits, uh, including the U.S. rock chart top, chart topper, Let's Get Rocked. Let's Get, Let's Get, yeah, yeah. Which became the biggest hit in several countries, including the, number two in the U.K., number three in Canada and Switzerland, and the top 20 in Sweden and Germany. The third single, Have You Ever Needed Someone So Bad, was a top 15 song in the U.S., U.K., and Canada. Uh, their 93 album, Retroactive, uh, contained the acoustic top five uh, North American hit, Two Steps Behind. I thought I, I thought someone else did that. Because you're two steps behind. Oh, that was... Uh, that was- Leopard Man. Oh, could have sworn it was Extreme. Extreme had a some songs similar to that. Yeah, what was ext- Extreme had? Um, uh, more than words. That's it. That's it. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two steps behind was amazing song. Still is to this day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> right. Uh, so they came with that song in uh in uh in '93. Uh, the greatest hits album, Vault. Released in '95, featuring the UK's number two a hit song, "When Love and Hate Collide," and reached the top ten in several countries, going five times platinum in the U.S. Beginning with "Slang," uh, Def Leppard released five albums between '96 and 2008, 
with um, most unusual, most usually reaching the top 15 in thermal countries, including the, the UK, US, and Canada. Uh, yeah. Those three countries really, really, really love this band. Um, yeah. their, their, their most recent album, self-titled, which was released in 2015, and once again reached the top 15 in several countries. So man, UK, US, and Canada is uh, big, big fans. You know, I, I've got something to throw in here real quick yeah. while we're talking about uh, Def Leppard because there's a. Do you remember when they did a collaboration with uh, Tim McGraw? No. <laughs> of all the people, yeah. No. Um. So I just found this article. I just remembered that while you were reading that, I was like, "Didn't they? Was it Def Leppard that did the song with Tim McGraw? Tim McGraw has collaborated with anybody from yeah. Def Leppard to." He's just, he's been with everybody now, so I think he's um, I think he's collaborated with Nelly too. The, the, yeah, yeah, the, the rapper. Him and Nelly are yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a so they did a song together called Nine Lives. Okay. Um, and uh, I'd love to sit here today and tell you that I really like the song, but it's awful. Um, and I'm just I uh, I don't know. I want to be totally outright honest with you and uh totally transparent with you and our audience mm. it's a bad song i never um, heard it so but uh yeah <clears throat> odd, a very odd uh team up that happened there so mm. well maybe i should take a listen to it and we'll we'll uh yeah, join her join right next week yeah so finishing up here as one of the world's best-selling music artists Def Leppard has sold more than 100 million records worldwide and has two albums with RIAA Diamond cer- Certification, Pyromania, and, his- and Hysteria, making him one out of five of only five rock bands with two original studio albums selling more than 10 million copies in, U- in the U.S. The band were- was ranked num- number 31 in VHS. VH1's 100 Greatest Artists of, rock, of Hard Rock and ranked number 70 in 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. Def Leppard was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2019, which is, I mean, they, they do deserve it, you know. So, yeah. I think um, that that band, like, really, really en- encompassed you know the the new wave of British heavy metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were they they kind of led the charge there. Yeah. Um. While Def while Def Leppard wasn't like the heaviest band out there, um, they still had those elements of heavy heavy metal with their uh, with Pyromania, um, no doubt. And their early stuff, um, they just kind of broke into the mainstream and kind of figured out what worked for them. And you know they were they were kind of more suited for the poppier, uh the poppier rock crowd it was just kind of like uh, i guess that's why they made at least number 70 on the greatest artists of all time right yeah. there's a lot of people that like uh that like def leppard especially tim mcgraw um yeah. but we also you, you got you can't talk about def leppard without talking about their one-armed drummer um yes the, uh, yes the, the guy lost his arm in a car accident he bought like a brand new ferrari or something like that 
some type of sports car was taken out for a spin and lost control of the wheel and like flipped the car ended up losing an arm and never quit the band he just kept he just was like all right well i've got a you know at first you know i I watched their behind the music uh years ago and he at first he was like i'm in the one of the biggest bands in the entire world and i uh, and i just lost my arm right and uh what do i do now and uh you know uh, he he stuck with it though, and that's the power of music because you know he he got into a, a rut for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a drummer. You have two arms that are supposed to be doing your work for you, and you just lost one of them. Now you got to figure out if you're going to pursue that. A, you can quit and you can like sink into a very deep depression, or you can keep going. Right. And yeah. he definitely kept it going. He was like, I'm just going to figure out how to play drums with with one arm, and he yeah. does it very well. And he does it right. Yeah, because. Uh... Uh, yeah, I had no idea for the longest time until you start seeing music videos and you're like, wait a second, that guy. That guy has only one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because so, uh, yeah, I've seen his setup on uh, on some, some kind of YouTube channel. Yeah. And, and I think he triggers mo, mo, uh, some, some of the new drum sounds with his feet, you know, because he yeah, has all these pedal boards on, on his feet. And so, and so when he needs them, he, you know, Taps into just like a, you know, just like a, like a, like a, like a, like a uh, you know, a real pedal for the drum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's, there's all kind of setups for, um, for people that, uh, who have lost an, uh, an arm. Um, there's a guy on YouTube. I sent you uh, one yeah. of his videos. I'm a, a guy that he lost his arm in an accident at work and he plays drums still. And, um, he, uh, he was playing like a Slipknot song and he just, yeah, killed it too. Way- make it work travis barker broke his arm one time yeah yeah going with um plus 44 and he just figured out uh, a way to like rig up his drums to where he could play a lot of snare drum stuff with his feet right yeah i mean that yeah travis barker's very uh yeah he broke his feet too didn't he yeah he's he's broken bones like crazy but Mm. like he you know he's broken his feet he's broken his legs still finds way to pl- uh, uh some point some form of of way to play drums and like it's so funny because like you'll see videos of him with his arm up in a cast and it's his you know it's his <laughs> right it's his dominant his dominant arm and he's sitting there he's got it up in a cast he's got it elevated and he's like figuring out how to play with one arm it's so right. cool. uh, man the monster yeah so let's talk about the members of uh of Def Leppard yeah. for a minute we got joe elliott which is the lead vocalist uh occasional rhythm guitarist uh, keyboardist and pianist, um, been in the band since 1977. Rick Savage, um, bass guitar, keyboardist, and backing vocalist, 1977 through, through now. Rick Allen, which is a drummer that we that we talked about before. Um, he's yeah. the drummer and percussionist and backing a vocalist. Came in the band in 1978 and drums with him still. Phil Collin, one, Phil Collin. Uh, he is the guitarist. I've been in the band since 82. And Vivian Campbell, Dio's old guitarist, new guitarist for uh, Def Leppard, has been in the band with them since 1992. So, mm-hmm. their former um, musicians, band members, was Tony uh, Kenning, who played the drums from 77 to 78. Pete Willis was a guitarist from 77 to 82. Steve Clark, who was the other guitarist and tragically died, uh, but he did play for them since uh, 78 to 91. So that's that's a very bad bad situation that they got in with, with him. Yeah. 
Um, their their discography is vast too. Um, yeah. No 80s band released one or two records, unless you're like a one-hit wonder, and these are not one-hit wonder band. Um, On Through the Night was her first album in 1980. My favorite album, I was born a year. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, High and Dry, 81. Pyromania, 83. Hysteria, 87. Adrenalize in, in the 92. Slang, uh, in 96. Euphoria, in 99. X or 10 in 2002. Yeah, exclamation point in, tw- in 2006, 2006. Uh, songs from the Sparkle Lounge in 2008. And Def Leppard. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Song from Sparkle Lounge. There you go. I don't know what. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever heard it from that album. The last You're album I heard right. was from the Dale Flipper album, uh, self titled which came in in 2015. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I did not have a clue about songs from the Sparkle Lounge. <laughs> maybe that didn't do too well. That's maybe that's why. So, so they've had eleven out eleven studio albums. Four live albums, four compilation albums, uh, 45 music videos, 11 video albums, and two EPs. So they did a, they, all these bands like killed it through throughout their whole careers. I mean, they released so much good stuff. It's amazing, yeah. you know, what these bands did. Right. So, so, out of all the bands we talked to today, who has been your favorite band since since you first heard of them? Of the ones that we've talked about today, I would say, I would say probably my favorite would would have to be Def Leppard. Okay. Um, which I may get chastised for that because <laughs> some people are probably like. You call yourself a metalhead, and you're going to choose right exactly. Yeah, but I think as far as consistency goes, I (laughs) do think I like Def Leppard as a as a whole. There's more songs that I feel like I I enjoy by them um, compared to Motorhead and compared to uh, Iron Maiden. Um, But you know, they did a lot for for music, and I I mean, every single one of those guys for sure brought everything to the table uh but uh i think def leopard's probably my favorite yeah okay and that's that's perfectly okay you know yeah yeah because um i mean i'm i mean def leopard made some killer killer songs so you, yeah. so so you're not wrong you know you're right you're wrong. you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> mine would be iron maiden because i grew up more like an iron maiden judas preach kind of guy i'm more yeah in tune with their songs um and i just love eddie to death you know yeah. i mean you have had you, you've had one of the greatest mascots of all time and he's a part of their their, their playing ed force one how can right. you not love that you know yeah for real so so well so i have a question though uh we didn't talk about judas priest priest yes yeah, we didn't talk about Judas Priest, but I have some notes here if you want to read about um, Judas Priest real quick. I can, I don't mind. I can pull that up real quick. Yeah, I've got some in here. We got. I feel like we. I feel like we have to talk about Judas Priest if we're gonna we're gonna close out with a band. 
Let's yeah. Go, let's go to the priests. Okay, cool. A, a fun little add-on to this. So, yeah. These priests are an, uh, an English heavy metal band formed in Birmingham in 1969. They have sold over 50 million copies of their albums and are frequently ranked as one of the greatest metal bands of all time, rightfully so. Uh, despite an innovative and pioneering body of work in the latter half of the 1970s, the band had struggled with indifferent record production and a lack of major commercial success until 1980 when they rose to commercial success with the album British Steel. Mm. So, so good. Um, so uh, the band's membership has seen uh, much turnover, including a revolving cast of drummers in the 1970s. It's always a drummer, man. You can't hold on to it. Um, the yard drummers. Yeah. You call, you, you make the most noise and cause the most problems. What's wrong with y'all? Yeah. Jeez. If you're in uh, Final Tap, you just dial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gardening accidents. Yeah. Um, so they had, they had the revolving cast of drummers in the 1970s and, the, and their departure of Robert, uh, Rob Halford in 1992. Uh, but then, as we mentioned before, the American singer Tim Ripper Owens replaced Halford in 96 and recorded two albums with Judas Priest mm-hmm. uh, before Halford returned to the band in 2003. Uh, the current lineup consists of Halford, uh, guitarist Glenn Tipton and Rich Faulkner, uh, bassist Ian Hill, and drummer Scott Travis. Uh, the band's best-selling album is 1982's Screaming for Vengeance, which I love Electric Eye. It's my favorite uh Favorite Judas Priest song ever. That uh, uh, that I I I think that's got what breaking the law in there, right? Or is that with what? I'm sorry. Bre- breaking the law. Breaking the law. Yeah, I think breaking yeah, the law is yeah, on that one. Yeah. Um, with their most commercially successful lineup featuring Hill, Halford, uh, Tipton, guitarist KK Downing, yep. who was uh, if you're a guitarist, you you know exactly that who that is with his signature flying V guitar, right? Uh, and uh, drummer Dave Holland, uh, Tipton and Hill are the only, the only two members of the band to appear on every single album. Um, mm. Rob Halford's operatic vocal style and the twin guitar sound of Downing and Tipton, um, very famous in uh, Electric Eye. If you want a good example of that, yeah, um, have been a major influence on heavy, on a lot of heavy metal bands. Uh, Judas Priest's image of leather spikes and other taboo articles of clothing were widely influential during the glam era of the 1980s. The Guardian referred to British Steel as the record that defines heavy metal. Despite a decline in exposure during the mid 1990s, the band was once again seen has once again seen a resurgence, including worldwide tours. Uh, being an inaugural inductees into the VH1 Rock Honors in 2006. Uh, receiving a Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance in 2010, and having their songs featured in the video games such as Guitar Hero and the yes. Rock series. Yes. Yes. So um, Judas Priest was nominated for Best Rock and Roll, uh, or excuse me, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Hall of Fame 2020 class, but unfortunately they did not get in. Of course not. Um, of course not. Uh, so uh, let's see. Let's let's go over there. They got a, they got a long list of discography uh or albums too um so you have rockarola in 1990 or excuse me 1974 sad wings of destiny in 1976 sin after sin in 1977 stained class in 1978 killing machine um in uh 1978 which was released in the uk and then they released hellbent for leather in 1979 hellbent um, Hell 1980 
uh, Point of Entry in 1981, Screaming for Vengeance in 1982, Defenders of the Faith in 1984, Turbo in 86, Ram It Down in 1988, Painkiller, another great one, in 1990, yeah. uh, Jerculator in 1997, um, Demolition 2001. Those were the two with... Um, Jerculator is awesome. Yeah. Jerculator. Yeah. Uh, debut. Yeah. Um, Angel of Retribution in 2005. Come back. I remember when Nostradamus came out. That was a big deal. That was a big mm. concept album, right? Uh, in 2008. I think that was their first concept album, right? Yeah. Well, that's the first. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. About mm. Nostradamus. Right. Um, and then Redeemer of Souls in 2014, and then uh, most recently Firepower in 2018. Yeah. Um. So, a- yeah. Angel of Re- Angel of Retribution was a return of Rob Halford. Yeah, I think yeah, because uh, like like you just said, uh, a ripper did the jugular and then went after that, right? Yeah, yeah. jugulator was after yeah. that. And I'm not sure if if uh, if uh, if you know this or not, but um, if you heard of the if if you heard of the movie called um Rockstar with with um Mark Wahlberg, um, yeah, that that whole movie was was based very very loosely around ripper woman's and yeah. Judas Priest, you know, of yeah. course they've had to move it up for, you know, in the movie. But, right. uh, but I think that Ripper Owens, uh, wanted to sue them because he, because they didn't treat the movie right with respect that he thought, you know, and, and I don't think that he, you know, it's a, a, a bunch of, you know, Malarkey. you know, yeah, right. <laughs> Better word. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, but after after Jesus Priest, he got in the band Ice Earth or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Ice Earth. Okay. Yeah, and then he and then he started his own band called called Ripper something Ripper Owens. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So Ice Earth, uh, are you so politically? How how where do you stand? Do you keep up with uh with the news? Do you did you hear about the I, guitar? I I, I I know exactly what you. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, the guitarist got caught going in the White House and coming out because yeah, of all that. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the people who raided the Capitol uh, yeah. in uh, in January. Yeah, um, which now he's facing jail time for. Right, and I think so that he's like officially kicked out of the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They kicked him out. Of yeah, but the uh, other members of ICER do not support him. You know, they're yeah, like, they're, they're, they're like, like, we like, don't want. Yeah, they're like Wolf. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can. Look, I, I, that's 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 a sticky situation because first of all, why would you ransack the White House? You know, first of all, in the first place, and you're a big time musician, and you're like you got all these fans that can't yeah. ever hear you come back and play guitar because you're probably in jail for life now. You know, yeah. so that's a that's a that's a strange issue. You know, so I don't know why he yeah. did it. You know, I understand like. Like having your own voice and speaking up for you know, but there's there's a time and place, you know. Place so, for everything, absolutely. Yeah, and so and so that was not it. So, so um, in talking about um in talking about Judas Priest, I I remember watching their behind the scene or behind the music uh, on VH1, and you know Rob Halford, uh, you know very he came out of the closet like during their uh the height of their career. Yeah, which at that time was a, a huge deal because one thing, uh, he's the singer of one of the most popular heavy metal bands in the in the world. Yeah, and uh, you know it's a very like masculine male driven thing, and uh, you know they 
he he kind of started this trend with the uh, wearing leather, and yeah, spikes and things like that. And that was just you know he was like he was just into that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, he was a king dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he, he he did that, and like a lot of people took it as like, okay, yeah, that yeah, that, that works. I'm wears that stuff. That's yeah. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna wear my leather yeah. jackets and stuff. And uh, it was just him kind of expressing himself, and it's so like he was like, I think it's hilarious because I've been a gay dude this whole time, right? And uh, they but see, guys have been following me, and like they're like, like yeah, <laughs> right. But see, the the most beautiful thing about that whole issue was when he came out, no one cared. No one, no one, no, they're like, yeah, Hopper, sing what you do, you know, and, 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 and that's great, you know, that, that, I think the metal community is, is one of the most underrated communities ever, you know, full of sweet hearts, man, full, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure, I wish more people were like the metal community, you know, just, just love each other, you know, who cares if you're gay, I don't care, if you ask me, if you ask me, like, um, you know, I have been I have been treated with respect and and uh, you know with um, kindness from like the a bunch of heavy metal guys at New Brooklyn. Better yeah. than I have people that like go to church for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say that any day. So that's not true everywhere. I, I understand that, but uh, I, I think that they get a bad reputation based on the music. Right. And they're they're really not all like ready to start a fight with anybody no. who comes up in their face. Um, they may look rough and tough, but I promise you yeah. they're a bunch of teddy bears. Right. Yeah, the the ones you really gotta look, look out for is the straight Christian people. They're, those are you know, some of the worst people ever. Yeah. Some of the worst people ever. But, but then again, you have sweethearts, you know, that, you know, yeah. or do anything oh, yeah. for you, you know, like like your mom and my mom. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So it's all it's all good stuff. It's all about perceiving somebody and never judging a book by its cover. You know, can't yeah. do that. You yep. know, right? Because if you do that, you're not living life to your full extent. You know. There you go. That's how. So, that's how you do it. Right there. That's right. So live your life. So, yeah. uh, so once again, whatever number episode this is, seventy nine or something. Yeah. We're not sure. We're still not sure. We're sorry about that. Once again, we're not good with math, like we said in our previous shows. Yeah, we don't know because whenever it's uploaded, they'll they'll read it. They'll be fine. Yeah. They'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll figure it out. They're they're smart people. Yeah. yeah, very smart people. We have a lot of smart listeners. Yes, we do. We do. Even the yeah. ones in Germany, because I know you said you know I don't know. What did I say about the German people? I, I forgot already. I don't know. I said something about people from Boston, Massachusetts. Well, right, they're, um, yeah, they're mass holes. Or something, yeah. <laughs> something weird. I don't know. But, we, but we've apologized for them, and, and they're still listening to us. So thank you, everybody yeah. around the world. Yes. And if you want to contact us, you can do so by going to whenwordsfailmusicspeaks.com and checking out all of our episodes right there on the default page. Uh, you can even, even watch this episode on YouTube at youtube.com slash when words fail music speaks. Facebook at WWFMS podcast. Instagram where you can find all of our updates on, on interviews and more. You can go to instagram.com slash when words fail music speaks pod. That's P O D. Not the band. The band's very good, but it's, you know, yeah. 
That's when words fill music speaks pod. And you can finally find us on Twitter at when words fail MS. That's us. That's a long um, list. You can find my uh, social media on, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it right below here. Um, Blake underscore M O S E L E Y. That's my Twitter and my Instagram. Um, please take a second as you subscribe to this YouTube channel to hop over to my YouTube channel, mostly M O S E L E Y Y Y. Um, Why? I can change that embarrassing URL. Uh, and check out my drum videos that I'm doing. Uh, there's going to be an upload of some Easter songs that we're doing. That's uh, it's going to be really cool. Very excited to play those songs. Um, doing a lot uh, drum wise. Some cool dynamics in there. I'm going to throw in, and can't wait for you guys to hear that. Um, and then uh, go check out my other podcast, Not Religious, with my brother-in-law Brian. A um, little bit of a hiatus at this moment, but that's okay. Maybe one day we'll get back to it uh, and produce some more episodes for you. Um, until then, you, you can hear me and James babble about music and all of our uh, useless music knowledge and um, about how sometimes we just get sad, and music kind of helps us with that, right? It does. It does. We have music. It's a powerful thing, and it, sure. and it uh, cures everything, you know, Depression, loneliness. I was, I was a little bit depressed before this episode, but it, I, man, I'm knocking right out. You know, talking to you, it's fantastic. So, always, uh, and and if you can, um, go to Apple Podcast and all and uh, rate and review our podcast. That it helps us grow and um, you know, learn about you more, so we can yeah. we can give you what you want out of this show. And um, stay tuned for um, our next interview. Um, I think it's with, um, hang on, let me see here. Who is it with? Well, we've got one with Darren Marlar coming up soon. We do. Uh, if anyone is familiar with the Weird Darkness podcast, we had to reschedule uh, from last week uh, just due, due to some uh, uh, health concerns on his end. Uh, but he is doing much better. He emailed me the other night, asked about rescheduling. So we'll try to set that up soon. Uh, talk to him. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, we to paranormal and true crime and stuff like that. He's a he's a great uh, podcast host. He has a great podcast. It's very well made, very well produced. Uh, tells a mixture of stories. Go listen to that. Yeah. Uh, he uploads episodes daily, and then kind of get ready for whenever we talk to him. Uh, it'll be it'll be uh, a lot of fun. I'm nice, nice. Well, um, you would be interested in this, Brosley. Um, uh, we did, or I did, <laughs> we did. And and uh, an interview with Meta Meta Dead from the Dead Deads, and that's a that's all yeah. all girl punk band. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So they're really really good music. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So uh, that would be um, available in four days, which would be cool. uh, Thursday, Thursday at twelve, I think. Yeah. Cool. Right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Th- Thursday, Thursday at twelve. So look out for that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, stay tuned because we're we've got a plan to have regular episodes, uh, interviews, and then cover wars. We're we're, yes. we're trying to get this. We're trying to generate a lot of episodes during the week for you guys, so that way you're uh, you're constantly getting some um, some uh, some of the podcasts in your feeds and uh, just uh, all kind of different topics. You got our main episodes, you got cover wars. That's a lot of fun to do, and then you got some interviews with some great musicians that you may or may not know. That's right. 
it's all about it's all about uh, finding new music, you know. So. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you so much, and until next time, bye. See ya.